What's up, everybody? Welcome to Studio Wesley Annex, the audiovisual podcast where we talk about the lectionary texts of the week. It's Advent. It's our first week of Advent. We're kicking off the Christmas season. Uh, hopefully, the intro music's a little different. That is my job. So it's Christmassy now. Yeah. I'm here with some wonderful people. Allison, how's it going? I'm good. I'm good. I think in the last episode, I was like, I'm relaxed, even though it's the end of the semester. And that is not true anymore, but <laughs> I've been worse. So <laughs> here we are. Well, hopefully by the time this like releases, it'll be like Christmas spirit and you'll like, this will also be a dated response. That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Tess, how's it going? It's going. We were talking before the recording started that I literally have not seen the sun in like five days at this point. So my energy levels are probably at an all-time low, but it's almost Thanksgiving week when we're recording this. Like I get to go home and just have nothing to do for the next few weeks. So that's worth it. Heck yeah. And Vendelov, how's it going? It's good. Um, I am going home on Monday from LA, so I'm very excited to be home. I haven't been home in a couple months. So yeah, and it feels a lot further out here, I feel like. So I'm very excited. It's going to be, it's going to be fun. Well, when you get here, know that the sun is not. So (laughs) that's what you have to look forward to. It sounds like. I know Um, it's so sunny here too. I'm like, oh no. Isn't that the like the the like cliche of LA too? Isn't it supposed to be like always sunny? It is, but it's cloudy um in the summer, which is weird. It's like very overcast. Yeah. Interesting. We were also saying that our like color palette right now is very represent representative of how we're feeling and our energy levels. But we're gonna kill it because as far as you guys are concerned, you guys being the people watching this. It's Christmas time. It's Advent. So, heck yeah, we're going to get rolling. Uh, Tess, do you want to open us up in prayer? I can. Be awesome. <laughs> all right. Lord, thank you for bringing us here today from all different spaces around the country, different time zones, but we're all here together wearing the same color palette. Um, but we're excited to read your word and talk about it and hopefully bring some new perspective to it. Um, Guide us through this Advent season of hope, but also of waiting of patience. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, And Allison, New Testament, you ready? You know, I actually just looked at the outline for the first time and saw that I was going first, but yeah, I'm good. Let's do the thing. (laughs) Yay. We love surprises. Here you go. Yeah. Um, so I have 1 Corinthians 1, 3 through 9. Um, this verse, okay. So I always, I always I'm like a, a Bible version hopper. I don't know what you would call it, but like whenever I prepare for these, I, I look at like several different versions of the text just because I think sometimes my brain can relate to some things more than it relates to others, like some versions more than others. So um, in all of this these verses that I'm talking about today, um, the one that stood out to me the most was verse nine, which is actually the end of the verses. But um, this first one that I'm reading is from The Voice, and it says, count on this, God is faithful in his faithful words. I'm going to try that again. Count on this, God is faithful and in his faithfulness called you out into an intimate relationship with his his son, our Lord Jesus, the anointed. I don't know why I can't read today. There's a lot of parts of this one where um, it's that very like, 
don't know if cliche is the right word, but it's that like common, maybe that's like a less uh, negative word, but that common sense of like, um, God is faithful. And if you guys are faithful too, um, I mean, regardless of that, like God is always there. He's always with you. He's always, um, making that relationship with you, all the things. Um, but I thought, I, anyway, I just thought it was interesting because like in verse nine for the voice version, it uses that phrase, um, his faithfulness called you out into an intimate relationship with his son. Um, and I don't know why, but like in the common English Bible, it says, God is faithful and you were called by him to partnership with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And while those are the exact same things, for some reason, like the the difference of the use of like an intimate relationship versus like a partnership um, sat in my head for some reason. Um, because I feel like using an intimate relationship is more like, you know, he is with you all the time, walking with you, doing all the things. Um, whereas like partnership, I feel like has more of those like, to me in this context is more of like those connotations of um like we are working with him to do better, be better, be like Jesus, all the things. Um, and I don't know if my thoughts came out the way I wanted them to, but that's all I was going to say. <laughs> no, that no, that was great. I, as you were saying all those things, I was just thinking in concept of Trinity for a little bit and just like how God positions themselves as a, as a like parental figure and so much throughout the Bible. Right. And then here, or like getting that other side of the relationship, which actually perfectly like couples with that, right? Like if you're a parent, it's like weird for you to be in these certain positions. We were literally talking about this before this episode started. That's hilarious. Um, like there are some roles as a parent that it is like a little like weird for you to fill. Not saying that's not possible and respecting all relationships people have with, with familial figures, but like traditionally there are some places where you're like, ah, it's a little weird. And so then when you bring in the Trinity, it's like, it's easier for us to grasp this other relationship, this um, partnership, that more collaborative sense with um, a new part of the Trinity. But that doesn't negate the fact that God's saying, this is me. Like, you know, like that's still God's desire to be in that with us, which I think is, is very interesting. Yeah, I I love that like both of your thoughts just kind of built on each other. Like Allison, the distinction between the translations of like partnership versus relationship. Like I, I really like that. And I don't think I would have even noticed that. Um, but then Michael bringing in the whole Trinity and like, cause I do think that's maybe one of the harder things to understand, especially um, as far as like Methodism goes is just like, how, how did these things fit together? How are they different yet? They're also kind of the same. And so yeah, I just, I really liked what both of you said about that and like how the way you look at this verse can like mean different things. Yeah, it's actually so funny because when I was reading this, like before we got on the call, I was just like reading for everybody else's and partnership is what, because I have New Living Translation because I just can't, I can't read the old stuff for some reason. Like I, I can't like understand it. Um, which makes me sound stupid, but I just, maybe I just don't want to understand it. Maybe I'm like, no, if there's an accessible, like other translation, that's way easier. And I'm just like, then I'm going to use it. But I was using new living translation and it says partnership. And that's literally what stuck out to me because I love the word partner. Like I like use it for like my boyfriend, like more often sometimes than I use boyfriend or like anybody that I feel like is like in a relationship with me that is like mutually like beneficial I feel like 
that's like partner to me, which is funny because I know my parents define it as like, oh, like a business partner. So like sometimes when I call like my boyfriend, my partner, they're like, what? Like, what are you talking about? But like, I just like love that word. And I think that it is like really applicable to this because it's like you should have a relationship with a God that's willing to work for you as well. Um, I think that that's important for me to like know about that and see that. And I see that with like the stories of like Jesus and he's doing all this healing and he's like putting in the work to like show that like he is actually there supporting us. He is wanting us to succeed. Um, And I think that's important for me to see to believe in something. And so that's why I, I like the word so much. Awesome. And we're going to be rolling right along. Tess, you've got the Old Testament text for us. Are you ready? I'm ready. Take it away. All right. So I have Isaiah um, 64 verses 1 through 9. So as I was reading this, I, I don't know, like there's kind of a general kind of also sorry if you can hear the plane right now. That's that's fun. Anyway, so this is something that I have kind of struggled with for a while and it pops up all the time and I've probably talked on it on Annex episodes before, but it's just this like juxtaposition of um, like the good and the bad of God. And like, I think this pops up definitely more in the Old Testament, but all of the like causing water to boil and nations quake and all of these, but then it continues and it's like, Oh, look on us. We pray for, we are your people and we are the clay. You are the potter. And so it's, I don't know, like this pops up a lot, but I do think it's a pretty good like analogy of just what faith is and what it looks like in our daily lives. As far as like, yes, you see times especially for me, like when I'm in community with others where I'm like, oh yeah, God is here. God is present. And then there's other things that happen. And I'm like, what does this mean? Like, how does this fit into, you know, like the plan that everyone says that um, God has for each of us. So that sort of like juxtaposition, I think is really present in this verse. Um, Cause even like in verse three, it literally goes from you did awesome things to you came down and the mountains trembled before you. And so, I don't know, I I think that's just something that we have to kind of grapple with, but I do think it's a really good analogy for like what faith looks like in our daily lives. So that's kind of the first thing that I thought of. Um, but in reading this, I also struggled a lot with verse four. So verse four reads, since ancient times, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. So this is something um, that I, I don't know, that I do think has really impacted my faith journey throughout most of my life, um, but especially over the last couple of years. So I went to a high school that had a really heavy, or at least the program in my high school, had a really large um, Asian population. So there were people who followed Hinduism, people who followed Buddhism, and those are both pretty different religions than Christianity. And so getting to know them as like people, it can be really hard to read verses like this because immediately I'm like, that's not true. 
Like, that's not true. There are lots of other gods that people worship and that people, people's eyes have seen and their ears have perceived and they have heard. And so, I don't know. I think as a Christian, that's this sort of writing can be really hard because a lot of our work can stand on like being a missionary and a disciple of God and like sharing his message and his love while also recognizing that there are people around us who don't see it the same way. And I think sometimes this absolute, like in verse four of no other God besides you um, can kind of show the like outdatedness of the Bible as a text. So I'd love to hear y'all's thoughts on that. Um, Yeah. I love I love, oh, I just knocked something over. I love that you took this as like a, these are the, the, like the issues with the text rather than like a, this says all these really great things. Cause I feel like we don't always like hear that side of things, you know, like sometimes the text isn't telling us all the happy, beautiful things that we want to hear. Um, and so I really appreciate that that was kind of the way you took it where you're like, all of this is going on. And like, I don't know all the things. I just really, I just really enjoyed it. I don't really have anything to add. <laughs> I think this, this like gives me permission to like acknowledge the fact that like, I don't think anything I, I say on here sometimes is like fact. Sometimes it's just like, this is how my brain is processing with the hard things that I'm reading. And I feel like that's just as valuable. Um, so th- yes, test. Thank you for, <laughs> I feel like you just gave us that permission. So that's great. I wanted to touch on that verse four that you mentioned. Cause I also think that's difficult to read. Um, and I think there's some really interesting engagement with this in pop culture. Like whenever God shows up in like movies or TV show, I feel like there's always that sort of cliche of like, I'm assuming this form because this is a form you can understand. And this is, you know, whatever you can comprehend. Um, and I, I, I want, I sometimes feel like that engages with the same idea of like, cause I do have this dream world where like when God comes back or like, returns to earth that all all religions across the board kind of look to God and and kind of are like hey that's that's who I've been talking about you know like like just across the board because I think there's just too much overlap in religion when it comes to like morality and and all these different discussions about how we handle and engage with each other for that to not be the case so again that's not me saying that's fact or like rooted in anything other than maybe some somewhat of my personal desire, but I, I, you know, I think, I think it's an interesting conversation to, to bring up the fact of like, yeah, these other religions, like how, what does that look like when we engage with our own faith and what it says? No, I appreciate that. And I really liked the way you said that too, as far as like, we have all of these things in common. Like there's no possible way that we're all um, like thinking of extremely distinct different like figures so yeah i i really like the way you said that and i do think that's a really cool perspective to have on it yeah i think that um especially with religions like islam or like judaism like it's like almost the exact same story like parts of it are the same book like you know what i'm saying so it's like how can it possibly be that you know, to me, at least I ask, how can it possibly be that if God were to return or something like that, you know, all these people don't look up and say, oh, that's Allah or, oh, that's, you know, so-and-so that I believe in. I feel like that's a very plausible thing 
Um, and also, like, I feel like the main core values of being a Christian is just loving everybody. So it's like, if other religions also feel like they're loving everybody and like are based on that, then it's like, how different really are we? So I definitely agree with that. I don't know if that's the same thing like you were saying, Mike, like personal preference. Like I just like really wish everybody would be like all great together, but also like it does make logical sense to me that that would be something that could happen. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's, that's exactly what I'm, what I'm feeling here too. Um, yeah, cool, cool. Great. Yeah, great. Thank you for opening that discussion test. That's awesome. Um, with that, we are going to go into a break. Um, I think it's funny test that your scripture mentions waiting. Mine does also. And it's perfect because this is like the season of waiting between Thanksgiving and Christmas, right? Like we're just waiting. We're just waiting. And now you guys get to wait for a little bit. I mean, unless you fast forward, but that's uh, your prerogative. See you soon. you had a good break i think we did again you you don't know if we took a break or not that's gonna be my new thing i love saying that um before we get rolling i just thinking about this as the first season of advent we're coming out of thanksgiving it's a whole thing we haven't had it yet but we're coming out we're coming out of it in real time for you guys um how do we when is the appropriate time to put up christmas decorations i would like to pull the group allison you first it's so funny that you've asked me this because I am a weekend after Thanksgiving kind of girl. However, I did just put Christmas decorations in my tortoise's enclosure because I cleaned it today. So, so I broke my own rule. And for of all days for you to ask me that, I'm like. <laughs> so, but that just means Sirius has a different opinion. That's fair. Yeah. He likes his decorations sooner. Yeah. That's it. I put his Christmas tree up. It's great. Uh, great. Moving. We got, I mean, there's going to be some controversy, right? Or are we all in agreement? Tess, how are you feeling? So this is an active argument that has been going on in my friend group for the last like week or two. And it's gotten kind of heated. I'm not going to lie. Use because your <laughs> I, I am also, so I'm not sure I could call it a weekend after Thanksgiving. We're like Friday after Thanksgiving kind of family. Like, especially since my sister and I went to college, it's like, we always, that's when we decorate. Hmm. That's when we do everything. We usually end up watching national lampoon, like Thanksgiving night, like, but it's definitely after Thanksgiving, always been after Thanksgiving. But the issue this year is that once we come back from Thanksgiving break, we only have like a week and a half of school left. And so all of my friends are like, well, if we wait until after Thanksgiving to put up our decorations, we're only going to get to see them for a week and a half. And that's just mm. too much effort. And so all of them already have their trees up and like have decorated. And I'm like, guys, no like you can't and i even like i'm hosting a friend's giving tomorrow but it everyone's like do you have christmas decorations up are you gonna decorate i'm like no it's thanksgiving <laughs> i'm not putting a christmas tree up so i i've had to defend my stance quite a bit this life i love i love that so much vendola your thoughts yeah so i live alone 
So I really need the Christmas spirit sometimes. Um, but right now I have my sad little Trader Joe's pumpkins right here. Um, I'm going to decorate soon, though. Um, there's a Sprouts near me, and they have $35 Fraser for trees, like in pots. So I'm going to purchase one of those, obviously. And um, usually we put our Christmas tree up at home, like before Thanksgiving, and we decorate it as a Thanksgiving tree. So we, like, put little, like, oh, we have, like, geez. these, like, leaf-shaped cards and we write what we're thankful for and we hang them on the tree and that's like part of our thanksgiving but we don't do any other decorations then once thanksgiving's over we go the whole nine yards friday after like it's crazy oh that's interesting i feel like because you know pumpkins they kind of bridge the gap from halloween to thanksgiving right they kind of fit into both so i, I like the idea of you have that in between the in-between strat this came up because my my I've been fighting with my mom and sister about this nonstop because, and in their defense, they're going on vacation for the week of Thanksgiving. So they want to come home to the decorations. Right. So I, and I feel like that's justified because you're like, your, your brain is still saying after Thanksgiving, cause you're not spending Thanksgiving at home. So I'm like, all right, all right. I'm also, you got to wait till it's over one holiday at a time. Y'all come on. But, I have too many things or like pumpkin scented candles that I still need to burn through. So I'm like, I cannot, I cannot make that transition yet. Yeah. All right. I love it. I love it. I feel like Vendela, you might start a trend with that, right? What you're thankful for. That's kind of awesome. That's pretty dope. Uh, okay. With that, Vendela, do you want to launch us into our Psalms text? Yes, I do. All right. So my um, verse was about trying to basically like restore a relationship with God because after um, that he saved them from Egypt, they're now sort of like having to battle all of these neighboring nations. There's a lot of unrest and um, religious turmoil. Um, and it's interesting because when I was reading it, I noticed that the phrase like, make your face shine down upon us. It appears three different times in my um, in my text, and so I thought it was interesting. So I kind of like did some research, and I think it's like sort of like them asking for forgiveness, obviously, but also they want to be reminded of God's glory because at this time where they're being assaulted over and over by these neighboring nations, there's all this unrest. They said that the neighboring nations are making jokes of them because they're just so bad at war, I guess. Couldn't be me, but I just thought it was so funny because they were like, please, like, remind us of how good you are. Like, we just need a reminder. That's all we need. And they're like, and then we'll never stop believing. That's what they said. They said, we'll never abandon you again. So I just think it's interesting that, like, they're basically saying, like, all we need is a reminder. Like, please just, like, show us a sign. And kind of liked it because it was like they weren't really asking God to defeat the nations for them like they never with us your presence that's all we need and I think that I don't know that's sort of comforting for me is just God's presence like that's personally that's all I need of course I've never been in like an intense war but you know for me personally I just like God's presence and so that really stuck out to me um, and that's kind of what I took away from this. So, yeah. Yeah. I 
I love that you kept using like the word reminder, like rem we just need a reminder of your presence. Cause I think that's so true. And like bringing it back to what I talked about a little bit in the verse, as far as the like juxtaposition of the good and the bad, and you need all of it to kind of acknowledge like what faith is. Um, so I really love that because I do think there are times in our lives where, you know, a lot of bad things are happening and you're trying to make sense of it. And you're like, I just need a reminder that you are still there, that you are still watching over me. Um, so I, I really liked that you mentioned that. I also, um, verse 18 kind of stuck out to me when I was reading this. And it's like, it says, then we will not turn away from you, revive us, and we will call on your name. And I thought back to like some of the other verses in this text, but also things that like we're in Allison's and we're in mine, as far as I felt like mine, it was a lot of um, like, God do this, God do this, God do this. But this one is, I don't know, like verse 18 is just kind of interesting. And I think it brings into um, perspective the idea of like the partnership that Allison talked about. Like it's a two-way street. Like not only do we need to, um, not only do we need God to make his face shine upon us, but we also have to turn towards it. Um, so yeah, I feel like a lot of what we've read today and talked about is like, God do this, God do this, God do this. But verse 18 is also like, we have some power in acknowledging your presence and we have to call your name and we have to allow you to revive us. So I don't know if that made any sense, but it did in my head. <laughs> so hopefully it did for y'all too. Yeah, I am. Um, the The way you kind of described these verses and what you're pulling from it, um, it was like just kind of funny in my head because you were, you were talking about it and I was like, man, that's me. Like I get stuck in these like moments of like where things are all bad, where I am like, man, God, I need like a reminder that you're here. Or I'm going to like very quickly slip into that. Like life is bad. God is absent zone. Like I need that constant reminder as well. So you were like, <laughs> you were saying it and I was like, Oh no, like this is me to a T. Um, Cause I personally do have that hard time where I'm like, I just need something. I need something to pull out of this. I need something to feel like you're there. I need that constant reminder. And so it just kind of spoke to me when you were talking. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm same, same boat as everybody. I'm like, when things are hard, please God, give me a reminder. <laughs> Anyways. Um, I, it's funny as you're as you're like talking about this and when I was looking at it, I, I was reminded there's like some other Bible story. I'm not able to quote it, but like where people are kind of saying the same sentiment, but with different intentions. So they're like, oh, well, prove to us that you serve the right God by doing this and then we'll believe or we'll adhere or whatever. Um, and it says the same thing, but two totally different intentions. Right. So so this got me thinking about like just the heart posture of of like you know, cause in this other version of, or this other story, the response is like, you shouldn't need, I'm not going to prove myself. Like that's not my job. You should have faith. But in this story, I feel like there's much more like open and acceptance of, of those like weary, that weariness. Right. Cause it's not used for harm for others. It's like part of that personal journey of like, no, I legitimately need this for myself. So, um, I don't know if that adds anything. I just want to like note that out. I think it's interesting. Um, with that, I'm going to launch us into the gospel text. Mark chapter 13, 24 through 37 is my chunk. Uh, this is going to be a little scattered as always. Um, and I'll read a couple chunks of these verses because I think it's interesting how all the verses that are here, because we get like a chunk 
And then we get into what Jesus is telling us. But the opening chunk says, as Isaiah said in the days after that great suffering, the sun will refuse to shine and the moon will hold back its light. The stars in heaven will fall and the powers in heaven will be shaken. Um, and then we move on to Jesus kind of having this long discussion about like, hey, you don't know when um, when we are going to return. The angels in heaven don't know. Like nobody knows when when um, when God's going to come back. So you need to always be ready. It says specifically, um, uh, it could uh, so stay awake because no one knows when the master of the house is coming back. It could be in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or in the morning. Stay awake. Be alert so that when he suddenly returns, the master won't find you sleeping. Um, I already mentioned kind of this waiting period as we wait um, for Christmas to come, right? We wait for the child to be born. A lot of waiting mixed up in the Advent season. Um, but I, I keep coming back to this opening bit, which is like the recollection of darkness. Um, and then relating that or equating that to the fact that like we can only speak about the future and the rebirth of Jesus in context of darkness and how those two things kind of go together. Right. So like the birth of a child, the darkness of a womb, like there's always darkness mixed with um, mixed with that light and hopefulness. Um, and that's the kind of like metaphorical kind. Um, so I kind of wrote some of these things down about how this relates to Advent. And I'm thinking about how, you know, for example, the darkness of poverty in the midst of a consumeristic gift giving period of Christmas or the darkness of hunger in a time when we're like celebrating and eating all this food, the darkness of loneliness in a time of like heavy, like family sort of holiday. Um, and we can totally celebrate the one while being aware of the other. And I actually want to push the argument that it's the recognizing of that relationship between darkness and rebirth that strengthens each other. So like it's, it's the recognition of the darkness in the world that strengthens the light and the coming of Jesus again. So we're, so then I wrote, and then I wrote going further, we're asked in this passage multiple times to stay awake, stay awake because we don't know when this beautiful event is going to happen. And I don't think it's just about alertness. Like I think we can make the argument. It's just like, stay awake because you don't want to miss it. But I also think it's a call to say, Hey, this could happen at any time, which means that it could also happen a long time from now. So if it's going to happen a long ways away, like take note of the darkness in the moment. So it's this sort of call to action um, about the needs of the present time. Um, does that make sense? So like all the, that darkness I mentioned that um, exists in the world around us, specifically in like people and their struggles and the different things we see. Like I think it's a call to action saying, hey, if this coming could have happen at any time, so stay awake. Wake up. Look at the context around you and do what you can in the moment right now, especially as it relates to the holiday. I mean, the holiday brings about this um, feeling and this desire sometimes to like help others. I mean, I think we take more stock, hopefully, in the um, kind of the privileges we have in our lives. So then it pushes us to want to help out in the holidays. But in the context of this scripture, it's like, no. Wake up always. Just stay constantly awake. Stay constantly alert to the things that are happening around you because you don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss God's coming. And then, and then, sorry, I'm talking a little bit long. Jesus has this this um this sort of metaphor about the fig tree. When its branch is new and tender and begins to put forth leaves, you know that summer must be near. So if I'm relating that metaphor into what I just said, um, you only know summer is coming because the branch is starting to like put out leaves, right? So we could argue that this like that like 
naked branch, this branch that looks kind of whatever, once it starts growing leaves, now we know that summer is coming. So then I'm like, well, we'll get weird. Like if we start putting forth this attitude of taking care of others and starting to bring about the lightness, maybe it's like only then the summer will come, like only when the leaves start growing, only when we start doing things to produce growth and like kindness and helpfulness to others only then will summer come only then will god come down to earth again that's totally like just me thinking about this kind of stuff but that's an interesting thought right the relation of like preparing the way for jesus to come back so okay i'll leave all that on the ground here you go yeah um that was a lot just give me a second <laughs> i had like i had like things I was going to say, and then you would move on to something else. Like, oh, but I want to talk about that. Um, interesting that you, like, I know this is touching on the thing you just said, but like, honestly, I can't think of anything else right now because I just had this thought. But I think it's just so interesting how you said, like, we could be like paving the way for like a possible return or like, you know, like God to come back and um, save everyone. And I think that's such an interesting concept that I've never thought about before, to be honest, because I thought it was more like, well, not that anything is directly right or wrong, but like I envisioned it more like, like it'd be the worst of the time. Coming. So interesting to me. I don't know I thought of it. Because answer, it's when you said that, so interesting also gives like you know a sort of purpose to us then like that we are going out and like employing like god's you know his his purpose for us and wanting us to like go out and spread his word and gospel and whatnot i just think that that's like i know i'm like but now I swear I did have like an idea for this <laughs> but like I just think that's so interesting essentially what I was saying the other thing I was going to say is that um I just think the bible is so pretty sometimes like the first like the first part 24 and 25 I know this is kind of random but like it's just so pretty I know it's describing like darkness right but I just there's a reason why it's described so well in this. And it's literally just because he's trying to say, like, it's going to be bad. Like, I'm not just going to tell you it's going to be bad. I'm going to describe how, like, different it's going to be from your regular life. Like, you are going to know that something's happening because the sun will be dark and the moon will give no light. Like, all these things are happening. And I think that the emphasis there is really because it's like he's – almost like giving us like a, a clue as to like how to think about this, what we should prepare for, how we should prepare. Like you were saying, like, I just like that. And I think there's always a reason why the Bible is so descriptive in certain spots and why it's not in others. And so I just noticed that. So as you were reading, Mike, I thought it, I feel like we've talked so many times about like differences between translations of the Bible. And I'm going to talk about it again, because why not? Because in the translation that I have, rather than like stay awake, stay awake, stay awake, it says keep watch. And so I was thinking about it because as you were reading, like how many times it said stay awake as someone who is currently sleep deprived, I was like, this gives me so much anxiety right now. And I was like, I cannot stay awake. I need to go take a nap. Like, no. And I think 
like the the longer you try to stay awake when you're like cramming for an exam or something like the longer you do it, the harder it gets. And I think the same thing can be said for keep watch as well. Like the harder you try to focus and be attentive to something, the harder it gets. Um, and so I think sort of like combining these two together and sort of bringing in the fig tree, like if there are signs that we're supposed to be looking out for of like, when the light is going to come in and break up the darkness. Like if there's things we're supposed to be noticing, like we need that darkness to be there. We also need, I think we need rest. We need times to like let our um, attentiveness kind of drop away a little bit to then make us stronger in like coming back and being ready for that. Um, and I know that's not what the verse says, but as someone who currently needs a lot of sleep, um, I think it's true that, you know, you, it's almost impossible to be like alert and awake and every other way you could possibly say that all the time. And like we've talked about in some of the other texts as well, like you need those periods of questioning to make your faith stronger. Um, so yeah, I think the light and the darkness is just kind of like another way to say kind of the same idea that we've talked about. Yeah, and part of what I was going to say is, Tess, you were sort of touching on the end there, but like, um, this is, I don't know how to say this, that isn't just going to sound really weird, but I love these moments in the Bible of like, it, the real life applications just seem so honest, like that, that, the, I'm trying to figure out how to get this thought out. So like the parts where like, you know, faith and life and everything around us is not just light all the time. Um, and I think sometimes we get stuck in these moments where we're like, you know, things are happening. Maybe we have a series of like bad events throughout the week um, and we get stuck on like, the, well, why is this happening to me? You know, like, why aren't things just all good? Um, and there's just so many things in our world that make us believe that life should be all good all the time. Um, and as much as we strive for that, like there really is no light without the dark. There is our faith journey is an up and down, up and down I don't know what hills, I don't know, but there's all these like twists and turns and ups and downs. Um, and I just think that like, that is what faith is. That is what life is. Um, and so I love when these moments come up in the Bible, because I think it's that little reminder of like, it is okay to have weeks where things just feel like trash, but like be on the lookout for what to do next. Be on the lookout for like ways to pull yourself out of it. Um, where is the light while you're in the darkness, kind of finding that light. Um, and that's just kind of what my brain heard when you were talking, Mike, and a little bit of what Tess was saying on the end there. So, No, and I, th I think that that wraps this up beautifully as like the first episode of Advent because Thanksgiving ends, you're all thankful. We say what we're thankful for, everything goes. And then you move into a period before Christmas where you do start to possibly get filled with those anxieties or it does start to get a low point because with the joy comes the the recognition of the things that you're missing. So, so that's where, that's where we live. And, and it's nice to have the acknowledgement of that space for our lives. So thank you guys so much. Uh, I'm going to close this in prayer real quick and then we'll, uh, we'll move on with our, our gray scaled out uh, color palette for the day. Uh, all right. Uh, God, thank you so much for letting us come together uh, on these rainy days um, as we, discuss your word. And as always, we hope that this proves fruitful. I mean, I know for me, it's always that way. Um, I love hearing other, other perspectives and just engaging with words that seem so, um, 
untouchable sometimes, so hard to grasp and and so burdensome sometimes to even um, partake in. And then, you know, throw a group of people in a room and it becomes, um, it just becomes a great discussion. And um, hopefully that can be helpful to anybody or at least a bouncing off point for something. So uh, thank you so much in Jesus name. Amen. I have nothing else to say. Uh, you're allowed to put up your Christmas decorations now, everybody. Uh, group consensus. Thanksgiving's over when this releases. So, uh, Okay, until next time, this has been Studio Wesley Annex. Bye-bye.